Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Coming to you once again from the Mighty Sparrow. Yes, in fact, I am back on the boat and it feels great. I got up yesterday in the rain and uh, wasn't able to do a whole lot. I didn't have a huge amount of energy to go and start tearing through this boat and cleaning it all up, but I did uh, get a good night's sleep and started work today, which felt absolutely amazing. It's so crazy, this yard, how the appearance of it changes uh, constantly because there's boats in motion and things getting moved and shuffled and people coming and going, and now, uh, as opposed to the first part of the summer, which is the launching section. Now we're in the hauling days and uh, it feels a little bit different trying to sort of get ready for winter and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting little bit of a vibe and uh, but very, very cool. And it feels so good to be back at work. I am excessively excited and uh you know we we had a pretty good day today and got out a little bit early so that i could take care of some laundry and other things that absolutely need to be done because the boat after being closed up for well almost a month was uh, a little ripe to say the least and uh essentially it just needs to have uh it needs to just a complete wipe down, complete uh, shop vac, and uh, get all the must and crust out of it. But I don't have any mold, which is great because I left an ozone machine running for about three days straight, and uh, that got into everything, kept all the doors, so all the cabinets open, and it seems to have helped quite a bit because there have been times where I've popped back in and. Uh, it's very apparent that the mold was just having a, some sort of a kegger party down here and invited all of its friends and it was super gross. And it, you know, that was probably the only time I've ever sort of come in to the boat and slept on it and, uh, you know, woken up with just full congestion and plugged up sinuses and all that. And obviously it was just from breathing spores and mold all night and, uh, that did not happen. So, Feeling pretty good about that. That is that is nice because mold has been a challenge on this boat for uh, quite some time ever since that first trip, and it never really wanted to go away. But I think with the ozone machine, which I have to thank my friends from back in the uh, back in the South Carolina days, Billy and Bess, um, they really were the ones who told me about it in the first place, and uh, I never took them up on it back then, but you know, lesson learned at this point. So yeah, it's really, uh, I don't know. We're, we're, we're definitely, we're not there yet, but pretty soon it's going to be like home and, uh, I'll be right back into full swing and get into project time, which is what we're going to talk a little bit about today. But before we get into that, I definitely wanted to give a shout out to, uh, one of the listeners, Jim, who came all the way up here and, uh, met me for, lunch brought me some food and uh we had a nice little nice little chat and everything and uh it was really nice to hear 
sort of his thoughts as a uh, listener and what he enjoys about you know the podcast and everything. Gave me some food for thought, and he had some, I don't know, some pretty interesting um, outlooks on life and philosophies and things like that. And uh, who knows? I told him, hey. If you're up here again, I'll get you. I'd like to have him on the podcast. He's got a boat. It's a trailerable boat, um, which gives him sort of the advantage to hop from lake to lake to lake. Or even, you know, he had it out here in Rockland Harbor. So pretty cool. I'd like to hear about what it's like to be able to just throw it on a trailer and go without the expense of hiring a shipping company and, and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. It's it's kind of an interesting little prospect. Hmm. But um, yeah, the other thing, though, that I wanted to get into uh, was that the Golden Globe race has begun. And for those who might not know, in 2018, there was the 50th anniversary of Sir Robin Knox Johnson's, you know, round the world trip. And uh, the, the original Golden Globe was 68 to 69, where nine sailors set out and one didn't come back and one decided to just keep going for a while and Sir Robin Knox Johnson was our winner in that one and they recreated it and uh I think 18 skippers took off last in 2018 which coincidentally was I the original plan was for me to set sail in 2018 to do the trip around the world and I postponed that or didn't postpone it I I re-upped and and changed it to 2017 because I didn't want to, I don't know, I sort of wanted to separate it, separate myself from that, and then also uh, I didn't want to seem like I was some, you know, American pirate trying to one-up the race or anything like that, and uh, I also wanted to sort of be alone out there in a sense, Um, you know, 18 boats in the Southern Ocean really isn't... uh, isn't much of a crowd by any means, but it's there's something about doing it when there's not a huge pack. Although I must say the Volvo boats at the time were were ripping around, but they're a whole different breed, I think. And uh, they would just keep passing by me, but they were always stopping in different ports and and stuff like that. So in any event, uh, 2018 they go out 18 boats, and I think five of them ended up finishing the course. I think uh, four of them actually finished it proper without stopping. And it's a pretty interesting race. There's definitely some carnage down in the Southern Ocean, in the Indian Ocean. A couple of boats got knocked out. And then uh, in the just underneath Australia. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of those challenges, especially doing it in these older boats, uh, where it has the potential to be a last person standing event, which uh, is why I always thought, you know, if if. Uh, if I ever wanted to get into something like that and did the sponsorship thing and everything, even though Mighty Sparrow would be one of the slower boats in the fleet, it uh, it doesn't really matter all that much because if you get a really bad year in the Southern Ocean, it's more of a who can survive it. And, uh, you know, if you just complete the course, that's an accomplishment uh, unto itself. So pretty cool but we do have a couple of uh, Americans in the mix which is awesome because no American has ever won a round the world nonstop solo event uh, we've had a few that you know uh, Mike plant won the BOC challenge but they stopped places and he never was able to win the Vonday and all that so pretty pretty cool 
it would be pretty cool uh, if an American actually won it. I think that'd be pretty historic. So we've got Elliot Smith. We've got Guy DeBeer. Probably murdering that name. And then, I don't know, I think those are it. So, yeah, we've got two Americans in. So we'll be sort of rooting for them. And they've got a few. Uh, the other one who I sort of have contacted with a few times is Pat Lawless, the Irishman. Uh, his brother, Peter, was out there uh, last year trying to go around the world. But he had problems and had to end up stopping. Um so I don't know. It's it's definitely uh, it's kind of cool to sort of know some of these uh, names and actually have have talked with some of these guys and people that are out there and stuff. And I think it's pretty cool. So it'll be interesting. But right now they are in um, the Bay of Biscay, and I want to bring up. I'm looking at the actual chart and everything right now because they're dealing with some not horrific weather, but ugly weather. They're dealing with headwinds. Um, and let's just pull up the old weather map. Cause yesterday when I was looking at this, I don't know, it's, it's so cool to be able to watch this and see the weather that they're dealing with and just put myself right into that, that sort of position and be like, Oh man, this is really, that would not be fun. And, uh, and all that sort of stuff. And you know, they've got, there's hurricanes out there, but being that they start in, uh, in France, they're pretty much kind of out of the the major hurricane belt. They can still see some ugly, ugly low pressure systems and and even hurricanes as well. But for the most part, they're you know unlike my trip where I left from the states, I had to cut right across it, and uh, and they they kind of get to hug the the safe side, so to speak, of the Atlantic for now. But oh come on, load up. Uh, but yeah, so they're all in the, in, um, the Bay of Biscay proper and essentially they need to get, I believe the point at which they sort of can then head due South is, uh, Cape Finisterre, I think. And so they all have to sort of beat their way out of the Bay of Biscay and then they're in the Atlantic proper and essentially almost heading due South, um, towards like the Canary Islands and all that sort of stuff. And then onto the equator and everything. And so these guys, you know, essentially guys and gals are going to go around the world nonstop. They do have, I believe, check-in points again, which uh, was sort of a, a big deterrent in my thinking. You know, I think one of them was down in uh, Cape of Good Hope, like off of Cape Town or something. And I, you know, for, for my money, all I want to do is go as far south away from that as possible because I want to steer clear of the Agullis current. But in any event, so yeah, they're looking at, um, yeah, they need to go to the southwest and they've got uh, southwesterlies right on the nose and uh, not too strong, but 20, 20 gusting into the like 30 knots. But it looks like it's going to, stay steady for the next day so ugh that doesn't sound too fun at all but the big hurricanes right out in the middle and i don't think it has much potential of just heading right over to them hopefully it steers clear and goes up to the north but looking at this weather map like i said it's it's kind of interesting to be able to view this race from this vantage point and hopefully i'll be able to uh sort of keep up on it and 
add it into uh, the podcast to see how people are doing and and all that. But for for any listeners that want to watch it, you just just go online uh, to Golden Globe Race and they've got a great page that shows everything. And you go to the live tracker and it's pretty neat. It just shows you everybody's position and their little their line that they've been going on and stuff. It's it's pretty funny. It's it's the majority of the boats have headed south of this wind and the other like a third of the boats have decided to head north so they're just in it uh in sort of the heavier areas but it should clear out in the next day or so and then they'll have pretty much westerlies so i think the boats that go north will be in a little bit better shape but it's such a long race they got twenty-eight thousand miles to go so it's uh it's it's going to be a long one, which is cool because holy cow. I mean, to be able to watch this all, all play out, it'll be great. But yeah, this first section for them, once they get out of the Bay of Biscay, then it's essentially hoping to hook into a nice weather pattern to get them into the Southeast trades or the Portuguese trades and then blast their way down past the Canaries and then right past um, the Cape Verde Islands and then right to the equator and the doldrums. So this first section has quite a bit of ups and downs and the possibility for some rough weather. Ooh, I'm looking at the remnants of of that hurricane might really mess them up next weekend. Or at least just give them, eh, maybe not mess them up because it looks like if if the forecast holds true, which you never really know, um, essentially the remnants of that hurricane that's out there may end up sweeping towards Portugal and then nail them right out of the park. Holy smokes. That won't be so bad though, hopefully. And then it just deteriorates and then they get some northerlies, which is pretty good. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I can't imagine uh, what it would be like to be in this like fleet of boats that are doing it, but none of them are really in contact with each other unless they're because only it's only VHFs. I don't believe they have any any high tech communication stuff. It's got to be pretty much all old school and the boats are all old school, which really levels the playing field and, and just makes it makes this whole competition available to anybody who wants to do it because you don't have to raise millions of dollars to essentially build or buy uh, an open 60 style race boat which is uh, a feat in and of itself to to put together the whole production of all that i couldn't even imagine so excuse me well this is very cool i'm 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 pretty excited to be able to sort of be a part of that uh from from the safety of land at least for the next two months while I'm here in the uh, in the old Sparrow, so they'll probably be getting down into the Indian Ocean when I finally set sail and uh, figure figure out where the heck I'm gonna go because I still don't really know. <laughs> I'm sort of leaning towards uh, North Carolina, Virginia area, something like that, finding a nice little nice little marina somewhere in there. Uh, but we'll have to see. I'm I got to touch base with Pax and Amy and see what they're plans are because i'd love to end up in a marina with some some good old friends and uh you know have uh have some some good old times again because it is that's that's one of the nice parts about the marina life is the people that you meet and the people that are around you i mean heck if if it wasn't going to get so cold in uh 
by the time November rolls in here in Maine, I wouldn't even move. I'd just stay right here. But, uh, you know, I'll get separation anxiety from Murph. I, I know that'll happen. But uh, he he likes to call me all the time. So try and call him back and watch his TikToks. Love you, bud. <laughs> mm. Oh, man. Just feels good. Feels real good. Put in a decent day of work. And then crank back, try and do a podcast. Uh, but this one, essentially, the real deal, the big part of it is the projects list. And, oh, my gosh, it's growing. It's growing, growing. In in the, the big overview of tasks, it really comes down to replacing one of the solar panels. So that whole system has to be, like, taken apart replace the broken one, and then put it all back together and make sure it's all operating just right. I need to pull the prop shaft out of this boat, which I've never done before, um, because I think the cutlass bearing that's in there is shot, and that's why it freewheels like crazy. And I also need to get sort of a shorter one, and I'm looking into the possibility of getting a two-blade prop, because I'm not so worried about the speed when I'm motoring, I am more worried about the freewheeling because having to go in there and put a pipe wrench on the on the uh, prop shaft it, behind the engine is one of the most annoying things. And then to have to go in there and pop it off when you want to fire up the engine and I don't know that's that seems ridiculous. I'm I'm glad I I was told to do that by Cy, but uh, I I just. Uh, I got to come up with a better system than that because it's pretty ridiculous. I don't, you know, if I ever do get to a point where I'm selling this boat, I can't have it just completely jankety, you know, with all these crazy little quirky things on it. Um, it needs to be actually, you know, in really good shape so that the next person that gets it can, uh, can it's, it's, you know, it's actually working and functioning the way it should and, it's not a uh, doesn't take a manual just to just to figure out all the stupid little tricks and tips and things like that that I did. I hate that about boats, you know. And I always ask people if I'm ever borrowing somebody's boat, like a little power boat. I'm like, any uh, little oddball things that I should know about? And usually people are like, no, 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 it's good. And then as you're walking away, they're like, oh yeah, but uh, you do have to jingle the key to the left before you turn it to the right and. Um, you know, the bilge pump likes to stay on and stick on, so you might have to give that, and you know, the list goes on and on. All boats have those quarks, so it's not a big deal. It's just knowing them uh, before you head out and uh, get on the old open ocean without. But, so, prop shaft, solar panel, the sails need a good long weekend of just me grinding it out on the sewing machine and going over old stitching and juicing up a little couple little spots that, that have let loose on me. I really need to find one more. I need to find another mainsail uh, on bacon sails, which is where they you can get used stuff and uh, at a pretty affordable price, but I need to have, I think the, the setup that I have right now, I just have a feeling that the, the main sale that I did most of the big stuff with, with the triple reef and everything, I think that one is still very good, but I know that it is on its, excuse me, on its last leg because I've literally 
I've sailed that thing with like 50, 60, 70,000 miles. I don't even know. It's ridiculous. And I've put it on and I've taken it off and it's, it's done its due diligence. It has worked so hard and it's been absolutely amazing, but every sale has a lifespan. And I think I've, I've sort of used and abused that one. And the old sales are good. They still, they have like 30,000 miles on them too. Um, well, maybe not quite that much, but I've used them a lot and they're old. They were, you know, with the boat when I got it. So I don't know. They seem to be pretty good. They, uh, I just try to take care of them. I think the fact that I, I don't really do the whole like slatting mainsail thing when I'm becalmed is probably one of the big life-saving things when it comes to ocean sails. It's, they're just not getting flapped around and beaten to death. I just do that to myself by letting the boat roll with no sails on. Um, so, uh, that's the sails. And then the next big one, uh, and it's definitely one of the larger projects for sure is I'm going to pull the mast off and, um, I need to remount two winches for the main halyard and the jib halyard, but I need to install some G10, bed that down because that's what I want to put these winches onto. Uh, and then try and figure out a way to put conduit inside of the masts to capture the wires. Or if you've read the book, uh, you'd know it as Colonel Clink because it makes that sound every three or four seconds. And uh, I'm so sick and tired of hearing that noise of wires slapping the side of, of the mast that I just, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to sail without that noise. And, um, I'm not going to go out there until that is absolutely sorted out. So I've got my buddy Larique, who is a professional rigger up here, and he's going to give me some top tips on that. Hopefully I'm going to have him on the show to talk about, um, just some general rigging stuff, but he's also just a super cool guy and, uh, very knowledgeable and he'd be, he'd be definitely really interesting. It'd be like a half, you know, professional top tips sort of podcast and half just cool guy. He drives this awesome old Land Rover. It's so cool. Um, but that's, we'll, we'll hopefully get into that in the future. And, uh, but yeah, so that's going to come down, do that and then replace the lowers. Um, so there's four lowers on the boat. They're the last of the original rigging that I've had on this boat. So everything else has been replaced um, since the big trip. And uh, it's time for those to get swapped out because uh, those are pretty crucial on a West Sail as far as the rigging guide and the tuning guide goes. Basically, those are the only ones that get tensioned like really tight. And uh, so I'm going to up the gauge of the wire and uh but i'm using it's a different type of wire and that's the only reason those are still on is i don't know exactly what it's called but you know with with traditional wire rigging you know the wires are like rounded it's a bundle of rounded wires well these are flat uh if that makes sense so inside the actual wires are are flat and so it's a, I guess, it, from what I understand, it's a stronger type of wire. Um, so you can have thinner wires, less weight. But um, yeah, it's time to switch those out. Luckily, I have all the spare parts and the fittings and all that sort of stuff to be able to do that all myself. Um, but it'll also give me a chance to really thoroughly inspect everything on the, on the mast and uh, grind out some of the 
spots where there's a bit of corrosion under the paint, touch that up and, uh, and go from there. And if I'm really, if I have time, the most tedious job in the world, and I've only done it to one. So Sparrow's mast has steps going up the sides and they're stainless steel and they're kind of slippery when wet. And, uh, I've, I've always wanted to wrap them with just like twine or something like that. And I have a bunch of it and I've done it to the first step. And when I step on that one, it feels great. But when I go up to the next one or the other 40 that are on this boat, then, uh, it's all stainless. And I don't know, it seems like a bit of a risk, especially when I'm having to go up out at sea and the boat's rolling and all that. So I don't know. I mean, but we're talking, it's going to be eight hours and hours, like probably a, a full day, if not more, to actually do it properly so that even if it, you know, one little section breaks from like a halyard rubbing it, the whole thing doesn't come off. It's not like you can just wrap it all like one. You have to knot each thing. So I'm going to do a little, little study and see what the simplest form of that is and uh, hopefully bang that out. That would be pretty neat. Uh, but that's it pretty much for the mast. Luckily, the bowsprit is good to go. Um, I do need to get in touch with the Aries Wind Vane Company and go. I need just the bushings, uh, a set of bushings for it to sort of have it run a little smoother. And so that's going to take a bit of a disassemble, but should be should be pretty easy um, if if I get really into it. There might be a little stainless work that uh, I get one of my buddies up here to do just to add a little extra reinforcement. But, you know, everything's pretty bulletproof uh, on this boat. And if it's not, I usually find out pretty quick and then able to able to fix it. But, I, you know, I would really like to go for a nice little little jaunt all the way down to... Uh, all the way down into the South Atlantic and then back up. I don't know if the timing's going to be right to do it this year, but um, it's one of my options. I got the three options. Go to the Carolinas, go to the Caribbean, or go and do the Atlantic 8, which is about a four-month four trip or so, four to five months, basically doing a big figure eight all the way down, just touching the Southern Ocean, going around Tristan to Chuna, and then coming back up. And that one I really consider to be you know, like a, uh, I, the term that I always come up with is like a gentleman's adventure where, you know, you get a little taste of the Southern ocean, you get the North Atlantic, you get the hurricane season a little, you get the doldrums. There's, there's some risky stuff. You never know what's going to happen, but for the vast majority of it, you're in the trade winds. You're just, you're just sort of doing the long haul out at sea and you can either do it nonstop or you can stop at each of the eight islands that are out there. Um, but I don't know. It's it's something I've been thinking about more and more, and it seems like it would be pretty fun and way less costly when it comes to the equipment needed because it's that it's that run from the Cape of Good Hope all the way to the Horn. Those those miles are hard miles on equipment, and you you know before I would ever attempt even thinking about doing something like that, I would have to have brand new sails and uh, probably. Probably would want to just do full, full new standing rigging, but you know, that being said, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that when we come to that. So who knows? Uh, but yeah, pretty much that's about it. 
<laughs> That's about it. You know, no big deal. I could squeeze that in in between working and lobstering and uh, doing the podcast and putting together the YouTube content. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fine. <laughs> and I oh, I did want to mention that I I've, I've been putting a lot of effort um, into getting all of this video footage and stuff together and putting it out on on YouTube and it's been. It's been fun. It's been a bit of a struggle when it comes to trying to cut together these videos with my voiceover and, you know, video of me talking and then cutting two other videos. For some reason, it worked really well for the first the first four of the Sailing into Oblivion series, but I've I've been trying to debug part five, which is Cape Horn. Uh, and I just can't get it to line up and I want, I really want it to, uh, it's a good one cause it's got great video footage and it's a pretty neat story. And, uh, you know, it takes you all the way up into just about the Falklands and I don't know, I'm getting there. Uh, it's, it's definitely taking some work, but I, it's, it's frustrating too. Cause you go through, you spend a couple hours clipping it together and then you finish it off and, the finished product, my voice does not match up with the movement of my mouth. And I like, I'm on like attempt number seven or something like that. So it's a lot of hours wasted, but, uh, I got to just figure out what the heck I'm doing wrong. And I haven't got that sorted out. So I may just start doing them in smaller chunks or something. I'm not sure, but there's going to be part, part five will be Cape Horn. Part six will be South Atlantic. And then part seven will be the home stretch. So hopefully we'll be able to get those out in the coming weeks and, uh, and then some, some other stories as well. I've almost finished up with, uh, Vito Dumas book, which, uh, was so cool. And I, you know, I gotta, I gotta give him the shout out, the proper shout out when it comes to, uh, comes to this listener and, uh, let's see, do, 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 do. I'm actually going to pause it here, find it, so you don't have to listen to me be like an... There we go. Okay, it's Peter. Yes. Peter sent me that book, and uh, yeah, once I get that that finished up, I'll be able to tell that story, because it is absolutely incredible what this guy did, uh, circumnavigating the, the Southern Ocean and uh, doing it back in the 40s. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I got to... I think I'm going to... For for one of these shows coming up, I'm gonna go through and I gotta do some definite shout outs here because I've been just getting tons of emails from from so many people with top tips from everything Bill who sent me the info about some sale makers to just just everybody. It's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, I like I like sort of the engagement and stuff. And I actually was doing was toying with and I, I can't quite do it yet because the internet connection here is is pretty bad but uh it's actually toying with the idea of doing this podcast and at the same time doing a live stream of it on uh, youtube because then it saves it and it can be viewed for you know in the future and everything and uh the only thing i wouldn't want to do i i think if i did that i I would want to, I kind of like feel like I don't want to sit there and answer other people's questions on the live feed unless I was doing that specifically. Um, cause I really want the, I don't, I, 
it's kind of strange, but I don't want I don't want to feel like I'm trying to like double dip in a way off of of a show. I I really want the podcast to be sort of its own entity because it's this sort of special thing and I think I think the vast majority of well probably all of the the people who are supporting the show are supporting it from just the podcast side of things and you know who knows on uh, YouTube try and put out a lot of material on there and maybe maybe I'm capturing a few people from there um as it as it grows cuz the last month when I was at home that was all I was trying to do was podcast and put out content and uh I think it was pretty successful as far as while well, looking at the numbers and everything and and you know all the comments and all the uh, all the emails and stuff so it's just nice to know that there's there's people that actually listen to it and enjoy it and and find it uh to be you know useful useful content cuz sometimes uh sometimes you wonder you're sort of like why am i even doing this but like i said i mean i enjoy it because i get to sit down with people and i also just enjoy uh, the fact that a microphone makes me feel a little less lonely. Oh, poor Sandrome on his little boat. Oh, Lord. But, yeah, so get those projects done and work my butt off here in the yard. And uh, hopefully by the end, uh, well, hopefully by the beginning of October, that's sort of my 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 little timeline that I'm sort of coming up with at this point is, one, by the end of this week, get the boat squared away and get some of these projects started so that by September I can, or by October, I can uh, have everything pulled apart so that I'm ready to fix it and then put it all back together so that by mid-October the boat is shaping up and just about ready for sea. Because if I can, I always aim for October 29th for some reason. It seems like a bit of a lucky a lucky uh, date for me for leaving. Um, and for whatever reason, it seems like I'm always leaving right on the tail edge of uh, a low pressure system, which is fine by me. Um, that's actually what I like to ride on out of here because it's usually a westerly. And uh, then then it just, you know, it's uh, just about a perfect little match for old J-Rome to get out. And, you know, as these storms roll off more and more frequently as the winter comes in, um, you know, it gives me a couple of day head start to get far offshore away from the fishing fleets and into the open ocean where if the weather goes sour, I can just run in any direction I want and not have to worry too much about it. So, or like back in 2000, uh, oh gosh, it was the fall of 2018. I get out there and cross the Gulf Stream and then massive system rolls off and I'm hove to for three days straight and end up actually uh, east of Bermuda. And, uh, but the only problem was that I wasn't heading to the Caribbean. I was heading to Charleston, South Carolina. So I essentially doubled the length of my voyage by just sitting hove to waiting for like these 50 knot system to slow down. It was one of those, it was kind of similar in a way to what I went through uh, when I ducked into Ocean City, where it was just a system that just sat there. It wasn't moving, and it just blew really hard and built up the seas, and uh, I didn't really have much of an option. I was already out there in it, and I just sat there. And that was, you know, thinking about that, that time, 
I that was part of the reason why I wasn't too apprehensive about heading into Ocean City on this this last voyage up here. But that one, hindsight being twenty twenty, that uh, I I could have very easily uh, stayed out at sea, and it would have been one of those things where it was very foolhardy to do that because all all indicators were that that system was just going to develop into something awful and then head offshore. The fact that it didn't, nobody knew it wasn't going to do that. It was just going to sit there on the coast and blow itself out. But it would have been one of those things where I was like, boy, I was really lucky. Like I stayed out and it wasn't very windy at all where I was and I made it to Maine and no big deal. But you know, I, I taking chances like that is uh, not my style, really. Uh, as as weird as that might sound, having done some of the stuff that I've done, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting smarter in my old age. That's probably it. Hmm. Oh man. Well, I uh, I've actually got to start to get to it here and um, get back to work. Really. So I'm going to put this one out. I know it's a sort of a shorter shorter show, but as uh, as I get things sorted out, then hopefully I'll be able to pump out some more of these and sit down with a few more people and keep everybody in the loop, not only on what's going on with Mighty Sparrow, but also the Golden Globe. And if you guys are enjoying that one, um, well, I hope I hope everybody's enjoying sort of my take on some of that because I think it's, I don't know, I think it's really cool. I think it's very brave, uh, a little foolhardy what what these people are attempting to do, um, and it's something I've done, so I can say that I've got the right. Uh, but it is uh, it's very interesting, and I I hope that my take on some of it <clears throat> is is useful or informative, just because uh, you know I know what they're going through, I know what they're feeling, and. Uh, yeah, it'll be really neat to sort of follow along and and enjoy their trip and and uh, enjoy it from the comfort of our homes or Mighty Sparrow. So that's it for today. But uh, yeah, again, just a big shout out, everybody. Thank you so so much for all the support and uh, especially those of you on Patreon that are actually really physically and monetarily supporting this show. It helps a huge amount to keep this thing going and keep it ad-free and uh, all that. Although I'm sure my cousin Michael would be turning over in his in his uh, in his office right now if he heard me <laughs> say that. Uh, it was kind of interesting to to have his take on it because obviously we talked more and more about it. And uh, if you haven't listened to that show, it's you know he's he's a businessman and that's what he does and. His his sort of thing is, you know, how do I generate money out of stuff? And um, yeah, I mean, with the podcast, that was his first thing. He was just like, well, you just got to start selling it. Uh, and that means, you know, getting ads and stuff. And, I, you know, I cringed. I did right when he said it because I knew it was coming. And uh, it's something that I don't like because I don't like listening to a podcast and getting really into it and then having them cut to a I don't know, some product that they're trying to push on me that, you know, if I want something, I'm going to go and search for it and uh, I'm going to go buy it. I don't need people to tell me, you know, ooh, ooh, you need you need this. And But at the same time, having said that, uh, you know, there are a few like products, I suppose, that that I have found. For, for example, 
Well, no, I'm not even going to do for example because that'll sound like an ad. But there are a few things that I've found super useful for having them on the boat, and I wouldn't go out to sea without them. And uh, I don't know. I I would. There's part of me that would. I don't know. I I would have to frame it in just the right way where. I guess you could do it like some of the podcasts do where they'll they'll throw out one or two little ads right in the beginning so that you know. I mean, I almost want to be like, well, okay, you know, it's just make it standard so like the first 2 minutes of every show is is the ad or whatever and then you just people people can just skip right forward uh of that or but I I don't know. I just I I hate it when it gets interrupted and it sort of uh, ruins the flow of the podcast. And I think the only one who's really good at it is, uh, Bill Burr because he's just hilarious when he does these reads, uh, for, for all these, these ads and stuff, but who knows? I'm not going to worry about it at this point. I'm going to rely on you guys, the listener, um, uh, because, uh, you've been so generous and, uh, committed to, to keeping this podcast going. So I do really appreciate it. And, you know, as always, if you want to reach out to the show, go ahead and uh, head over to sailingintooblivion.com and click on the podcast section and you can contact the show straight away. Other than that, if you do want to support the show, head over to Patreon. The link will be in the description as always. Thanks for listening, everybody, and more to come and have a great, fantastic week. And we'll see you next time.